Good evening. Today is Wednesday, September 29th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We, sorry, this week's chapter is how it works, and we're on steps four and five, and our speaker is Janet Z tonight. Thank you, Janet Z. Hi, my name is Janet Z. I'm a compulsive overeater and a hundred pounder in the Los Angeles area. And uh, I'm very happy to be here tonight. I want to thank Subin for asking me to speak. And um, I um, left my own uh, big book home. So I'm staring at a clean blank one that doesn't have my notes in it. So um, I will, uh, I'll be sharing, I'll be sharing from that. And um, a little bit about me, um, here is my before picture. There we go. And I was not aware of this picture being in existence until about two and a half months ago. And I found it completely shocking. Um, I knew that I was somewhere around 300, but that is something way over 300. And it's not the angle of the camera. It's not what I'm wearing. There's somebody else in the original shot and they're very normal size. So that was really all me, a mountain of flesh and pain. And um, I came to OA in my early 20s back in 1980, and I got a sponsor. After a few months, I got a sponsor. I worked the steps. I dropped a considerable amount of weight back then, which was about 35, 40 pounds. And I um, got involved with somebody, and um, uh, I did not have emotional sobriety. I was very far from emotional sobriety. And um, I just went into all of the drama uh, that he created. I just was happy as a lark to participate in that drama. And um, I, you know, ceased having long-term abstinence at that point. And I left OA in 1986 to go and join another 12-step food program that had a food plan because I thought it was the food plan. I thought it was a better food plan that was gonna fix my life. And I did that for about nine years, but I never achieved long-term abstinence. I did not have peace of mind. I did not have peace around the food. I felt deprived. Um, and, and I had emotional problems that went beyond the pale. And I could not abstain on that food plan. And so I thought to myself, let me just take a step back for a minute. And I was gone for 20 years and I got to that top weight. And I, in 2006, I had weight loss surgery and that's just part of my story. I don't advocate for or against um, 
weight loss surgery, it's an outside issue. Um, OA's stance on it is that it's an outside issue. If you've had it, if you're considering it, if you, um, if, if it's a possibility for you, you are welcome in Overeaters Anonymous. And I lost 100 pounds very rapidly. I got reconstructive surgery and then proceeded to struggle with the food for um, nine years, 25 pounds up and down, up and down, up and down. Okay, so that's the thumbnail sketch. I got back by the grace of a God I do not understand in December of 2014. I got involved. I got to the center of the herd. Um, I got a job working for OA, um, which I still have. And um, I am. Uh, and what happened was I needed to, I, I, I needed a deep dive and I didn't take the deep dive back into the steps. And so I found myself having gained over 18 pounds, nothing in my closet fit me. And um, I'd been negotiating with the food. I didn't, I didn't cross my bottom line abstinence, which is no sugar, no flour, but it, that didn't matter. I was no longer spiritually fit. I was no longer emotionally sober. Um, and I, you know, I got a new lease on life. I got to start over. That was a little over 11 months ago. And um, I've dropped 32 pounds in these 11 months. At, and I've gained so much strength and serenity. So I had to go back through the steps with my sponsor. And, um, you know, when it was time to do step four, I was wearing to go. And it says in the big book that next we launched out on a vigorous, on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. I had attempted, but I kept the worst stock in trade. And um, I had gathered resentments. And um, one of our one of our fellows talks about the impediment to a spiritual experience, the four impediments, a resentment I won't let go of, a vice I will not give up, a secret I won't tell, or an amends I won't make. And I had all four of those going for me. So when when I got back into the steps um, with an honest um, viewpoint for my guide, you know, I think the thing about honesty is that it has um, levels to it. And the, the longer I stay in the program, the deeper my honesty becomes, because what I do is I keep secrets from myself. And, and um, I have a very strong denial mechanism. And I, I had my foot I had the heel of my foot over the precipice and didn't even realize it. And I heard one of our fellows do a talk on step one, 
out of the 12 and 12 that blew my mind. And she presented it in a way that I could clearly see where I was at. That gave me the courage to get on the scale. And then I cried for two days before I called my sponsor and told her. And um, so now here I am, I'm back through the steps, um, a good deep dive into one, two, and three. And now it's time for the fourth step. So what did I do? I did exactly what it says on page 65. Um, I, you know, it's, um, the big book tells me that resentment is the number one offender and that it destroys more alcoholics, compulsive people than anything else. And um, I had really deep-seated resentments against my husband's company that he worked for. Um, I had resentments against um, uh, people I worked with. I had resentments against my sponsor that I didn't tell her about. And um, I, you know, it's like um, Melissa C. always says that, um, or is it Janet? I don't know. One of the two of them talks about when you're drowning, you're not arguing about the color of the life raft. You know, I mean, the life preserver. And um, that's what I was doing in my head. I, I was like so far off the mark and had no idea. But when I saw the light in this woman's eyes, when she shared her experience, strength and hope, I knew I used to look like that. And I didn't have that anymore. And I did not have that, that lightness in my in, in, in my being and that joy of, of, you know, entering into a new day. And I took a notebook and I created- That's 10 minutes. Thank you. I created the three, the, the three columns and I got it all out on paper. We wasted no time. And um, I immediately, when I was finished, made a date with my sponsor and read it all, including the stuff that involved, like, I had this plot, this plan, I was going to find an easier, softer sponsor, I was going to find somebody who wouldn't make me start over. And, um, you know, that was for a split second, because I knew in my heart of hearts, that I needed a clean break, and I and I needed a new covenant with God. And um, but I just read it exactly how I'd written it. And her response was to laugh uproariously. So, you know, it's like, you know, we're funny when we don't mean to be. And we're funny when we're, when we're doing, you know, when I'm, when I'm not being rigorously honest, um, I cannot get to the next level. And when I break through denial, and I can then see my own truth and then share it with others, that is a freedom and a gift that I wouldn't trade for anything. So we, so we went through all of my resentments. Um, and um, I went through some harms done. And I went through um, that institutional uh, resentment against my husband's um, company. And, you know, I knew that, that the solution for that was um, to pray, to pray for them and to, and to 
and to and to pray that the that the highest good for all the parties concerned um, would would take place. And of course, we went straight into the um, uh, pandemic after that. And um, my husband was furloughed. And so we didn't have to deal with the company very much over the past year and a half. And um, luckily, my husband started a brand new job yesterday. Um, uh, and um, with a really nice small firm that's three blocks from our house, that's just an absolute gift that fell in our laps. And um, I wasn't allowed to say anything disparaging anyway, because it would start a fight with my husband. So when my sponsor said, you, you close your mouth and you, and you add them to your prayers. And if you have to, you write a dear God letter and put it in your, in your God box. And, um, and here I am uh, 11, okay, so seven months later, and the problem has been removed from my life. And my, my exasperation over it was removed a lot sooner than that. So what can I say about taking an inventory? Um, I had an amends that I owed from, to a woman I borrowed money from in 1986. She came to me, I was starting a little venture with someone else and that person turned out to not be who they represented themselves to be. And I had a friend who came to me and said, look, that person's bad news. I'm gonna give you the money that, that they invested and you give it back to them, but I want it on X date and I don't want to have another conversation about it. And um, I was not able to make that payment on X date because I was injured badly in a car accident. And she would not speak to me about making payment arrangements. And I wound up um, shortly after that, I wound up in bankruptcy and I wrote off this debt in bankruptcy she got to take it off her taxes and it was done for me, except for the part where I started dreaming about her. And I would dream that I um, had made the amends and we were friends or I dreamt that I went back to work for her because that's how I met her. I had all these dreams and they would be excruciating when I'd wake up and, and um, so five minutes left. Thank you. So what I did with that was I made I made a promise and a plan. I committed to paying that money back. It was a four-figure sum. It was a lot of money to me. And I made a date of when I was going to pay it back. I sent off the check with a, a, a nice neutral note um, wishing her all the best because I saw she had remarried. She was a widow and she had remarried and I wished her the best. I sent it off, never heard a word. Check was cleared in 10 days. I was free. Well, two weeks ago, I got a, a message on Facebook Messenger and it was on a section of the messenger I never go on and in that section there was a message from her back in March 
thanking me for keeping my for honoring my debt to her and wishing me um, a good life too. And I can't tell you what a gift that is. Also, after I wrote that check and sent it off, the next week I had a windfall three times that amount. I'm not saying if you pay your debts, you're going to get a windfall, but that's how it showed up for me. So I can't say enough about working the steps to the best of our ability, to the level of honesty we have today. Um, if you're stuck at step four, I totally encourage you to just get a, 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 a cheap lined notebook and turn it sideways, make your columns and go to work because there's nothing like the freedom of not having a secret and not owing anybody anything. It's just really, it's a delicious state of existence. And I've been so prosperous ever since, I, I can't even tell you. So um, God shows me every day what I need to do. And I, you know, I take step three very seriously, asking for direction. And I listen and I follow that direction. I share the directions that I get and I try to live up to that, um, to honor that commitment to my higher power. And I'm just so grateful to be abstinent and to be with all of you tonight. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Janet. Amazing. Uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares, as this is a big book study. Sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raise hands in order. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. Hey, who would like to share? I saw Daisy. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Daisy Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Janet, for that share. It's really nice to hear about your journey. Um, I specifically really appreciated you talking about honesty today and those levels of honesty um, and the, the self-denial that you went through um, or being in denial in yourself, <laughs> keeping secrets from yourself. Because I feel like honesty is something that I've really had to learn and I'm continuing to learn. It's like something that needed to be taught to me um, or I've had to figure it out. Because when I first started trying to be honest, it was like a constant like word vomit of like, I got to get the thing out. And that sometimes was like, I'm really pissed off at you right now, just being honest. Like, you know, you're, you're really bothering me because you're doing this, that, and that, or whatever it was. It was just like, con or like needing to, immediately call my sponsor to like, tell her this blah, 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 that I did this thing. And, you know, with this like frantic panic mode of like, I have to get it out so then I can be safe and then I'm saved. And, um, and I do think it's really important that we get these things out, that we tell our secrets. But what I've, I'm coming to learn is like, it's not about just saying the thing. If that's not what honesty is to me, it's like, 
am I, am I living it? Am I living honesty? Um, I always know I'm being dishonest. I, I really like feel my feelings in my body. So whenever there's like that twinge there, like, like I can feel it when it, when something's not right, when something's off and, um, still I can really be in denial, like from my, from my own secrets for a long time. Um, and I think that that's where the fourth step really comes into play is that we're able to find the truth and get to the honesty with somebody else by, you know, saying, yeah, my initial honesty is that I'm really pissed off. But then where do we go? What are the dishonesties in that? Where does it go from there? Um, and I, I guess I've just noticed that, you know, if it's ever coming from a place of anger or I'm not, you know, I'm not calm or peaceful, it's, I'm, it's probably a dishonesty. Um, so anyways, thanks for talking about that fast. Thank you, Daisy. Anyone else? Hey, I actually would like to ask a question of Janet and thank you for your service, Janet. Thank you, Steph and Aaron as well. Um, when you were talking about praying for the highest good for all the parties concerned and you use the example of having the, the issue with your husband's company removed, but the, but the feeling, the blockage around it, and I forgot the exact word you used, was removed before that. I wonder if you could just speak a little bit to like how that happened. Did you realize it suddenly? Did you work for it really, really hard? Like I, I, that's the part of it where the problem hasn't yet been solved, but my obsession with it lessens. I, I guess that's what I'm, I'm asking for a little more on. And thank you again, Janet. Oh, thank you, Amy, for the question. Um, I, did the most consistent letting go of that issue that I, you know, he, he's worked for that company for 38 years. Um, and we've been together, you know, for forever, but not 38 years, but, you know, over 20. And um, um, I was enmeshing in his business. I did not have a relationship with the company. Well, they, you know, we, my health insurance came through them. In fact, what I did was I, um, I qualified for um, Medicare and, um, or I could stay on that insurance and I couldn't stand them. I didn't want them to pay for my insurance anymore. I cut the cord and went on Medicare. And, um, and that helped, but it was the, I realized that my beef with them was how they treated my husband. And for my husband, when I had a beef with them, it was disrespectful to him and his ability to manage his own affairs. So if I thought they were treating him poorly, how was I treating him? And um, the message I was giving him about, you know, how he needed somebody to go to bat for him at, at the company was not helpful in any way. And um, I had to ask myself, do I trust this man? He's always taking care of business. He's never not taking care of business. And I just said, you know what? 
God, I'm going to let go. I'm just going to let go. And then when I would start the conversation in my head, when something would happen, I would thank them in my head for the things they did provide. I would thank them for, um, you know, we have a, a, a quite a nice nest egg that was profit sharing. That was pure gift from the company. Um, I didn't think about that when I was, you know, bitching that about them, you know, and um, that's what I did. That, that's how I worked on it. Thank you, Amy and Janet. Next up is Christine M. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Um, I love when you said about the life raft when you're drowning, you don't argue about the life raft because I feel like I'm like in that spot right now. Um, I've been sick and I've been out of work 13 months and I had to, I had to go back. Otherwise I lose my government position. So I kind of had to force myself back. No, I know that I'm not in the health. I mean, I'm able to work but I'm still not well. So anyway, long story short, like I was um, offered to go to a new unit, a new place. I was so excited. And then I get a call from human resources that my old department wanted me back. And this is like two week, a week ago <clears throat> with the worst possible hours that I've been since 2011 trying to, um, I've been looked over twice and um they hired two people out of my union um, for more money doing the same position. But um, anyway, so I was harboring like all this anger this whole week, even though I'm like in the resentment and I just been journaling and journaling. And then I'm like, what am I crazy? You have a great job. I'm trying to do the gratitude. And, you know, I'm allowing myself to feel that way. But I've really been praying and praying and praying because I need to just let it go. I am once I get my feet back in and I'm, I'm adjusted, I could always make a, a conscious choice to apply somewhere else. But oh, I needed this one terribly, and uh, I I want to go in and be of service. I mean. Um, you know, the patients I care for are very sick too. And maybe God put me back there for a reason, you know, but you really, Johnny, gave me a beautiful, um, this was a perfect topic tonight. And uh, I'm happy to see everybody. Ooh, so I was going to breathe. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pray and just ask my higher power for that guidance. And uh, I passed. Have a good night. Thanks, Janet. Thank you, Christine. Would anyone else like to share? Rewrite recovery. Hi, this is Maggie, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you so much for your share. I really appreciated um, what you said. There's nothing like the freedom of not having a secret and not owing anybody anything. Um, I actually wrote that down um, because it just struck me as so true. And I'm actually working on my fourth step right now and I'm stuck. Um, so you said something about like, if you're stuck writing your fourth step, this is for you. So my question um, is, what do you do or did you experience any perfectionism, that particular character defect 
um, because I wrote over 250 and some of those, um, they're resentments, but um, they're not, you know, occurring to me every day. I was so afraid that if I didn't get them all down, then like I was going to be punished somehow and I would lose the two months of abstinence that I have. Um, so now I have to go back and kind of like pare them down. Um, and so it just feels like a very overwhelming process. So if you have any experience, strength and hope with regards to that, I would greatly appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Maggie, for the question. Yes, I do. Um, for, for me, it's the topmost, the resentments, the harms done, the, you know, sexual acting out, the spend, you know, all of the things that I did compulsively that harmed others and resentments that I carried that were harming me because, you know, a resentment is like, you know, taking the poison and waiting for the other guy to, to die. And um, uh, I'm the one who's feeding it to myself. So it's getting those topper most, most, um, destructive thought patterns, the thing that that wakes me up at night or comes to me when I'm in the shower or when I'm in uh, when I'm on the freeway stuck in traffic, the things that like plague me, that prey upon me, those are the ones you want to get done and you want to get them done fast. And I promise you, Maggie, stick around. It's not the last four step you're going to do. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie and Janet. Anyone else like to share? I'd like to know where Laura is. <laughs> Colorado and a football practice. <laughs> um, I'll share. Sorry. Um, Laura, compulsive overeater, grateful to be here. Janet, thank you so much um, for, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Share on four and five. And it just shows, you can just tell how um, how grateful you are. And I love like the levels of honesty that we get to. Um, I so get it. And I love that you said that your, um, your denial. <laughs> I was just reading uh, more about alcoholism with a sponsee today and um, and uh, just the delusion, the illusion, the denial, like it, it's so thick, you know, um, the last thing I want to, you know, the last thing I want to do is say that admit to myself that I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, so anyway, I, I'm just grateful for your share and sorry, I'm just a little distracted because I'm at the practice with a bunch of boys, but um, who are tackling and it's a lot of fun, but yeah, the background, it's a uh, Colorado, it's a little rainy day today and it's cold starting to get to be fall and winter. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Subin. Oh, Subin, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janet. I had two questions. You can pick which one you'd like. Um, so what do you, what did you mean by the different levels of honesty? And the other one was, I know you didn't talk so much about like fears, but for me, it's like fear. It's like, I have so many fears and I have these core top fears. And even if I do with like inventories on them, even if I do discuss them with the sponsor, pray about them, it's just like, they don't go away. 
And yeah, I just thought, I just wanted to hear your experience, strength and hope around it. Thank you. Um, fear, I had a lot of fear, a lot of fear of telling the truth. I had a lot of fear of exposing myself. Um, I think that um, one of the things about sharing our secrets as we know them mm -hmm. today um, is um, that once they penetrate into our consciousness, we capture them as fast as possible and then share them so that we're not alone with them. But, um, you know, I have a lot of irrational fears and, you know, um, I didn't go in very deep into my story, but for the five years before I got back to OA, I was agoraphobic. I couldn't leave the house. Um, I had I have an eBay business, and at the time, all, all I had to do was drive five blocks to the post office and post my boxes, and I could not do it. I was so anxious and so so anxiety ridden, and um, that has been resolved. You know, I, I did seek outside help for that, and I, it did get resolved. But I think that the kind the the, the the, the my when I came back in 2014 mm -hmm. and I had five years of abstinence in in between then and now um, I did work the steps and I made tremendous financial amends and um, I was really afraid to make them and I was really afraid to commit to them what if I didn't have the money what if I couldn't get there you know and today I have like a perfect credit. Well, not, I don't have 850, but I have a really good credit score. Um, and, you know, um, I, I have no shame and I have no embarrassment about having owed people money and having not worked in five years. But, you know, I think the, the, for me, most of the fear was exposing who I am. Like if you knew who I was, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like me. You know, we all have that imposter syndrome to some degree or another. Um, and um, the program gives us a forum where we can take that mask off and get down to the nitty gritty. You know, like when we call each other for um, outreach calls. Um, That's your time. We, oh, okay, sorry. Done. No, go ahead and finish your thought. I was just saying, you know. <laughs> Um, when we make outreach calls, you know, most of us will say, okay, I've got five minutes. I need to get something out, you know, and the other person will say, oh, okay, great. I've got five minutes, you know. Um, uh, it starts to loosen up, you know, it's like congealed in there and we need a lot of warmth to kind of get it to come up and out. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?